Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the GUP, we talk about all things relating to golf performance, so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Talking about three things, okay? Three things that we can easily change in order to improve our performance, improve our health, okay? I'll go ahead and lead off with those three things. First is sleep, second, hydration, third, nutrition. Super easy things to change, okay? Because it's something that we do every single day. But the things that we do every single day tend to have the biggest influence on our lives. So that's why that can be so, so important. Okay. So we will start off talking sleep, all right? Sleep. Everybody hears about sleep and how important it is, but most of us don't get a good night's sleep. Um, if you guys have ever used any kind of sleep tracker, you realize how much you toss and turn or how much you drift in and out of that deep sleep. That is what we're really wanting. The deep, the more deep sleep you get, usually the better rested and, and, rejuvenated you are in the morning so all right so just some simple numbers that we've we hear all the time we're looking at seven to nine hours everybody runs a little bit differently uh teenagers need closer to 10 hours and littler kids need even more than that so um for those of you that have kids you know depending on the age range but it's somewhere between that 12 to 15 hours a day right so they can sleep a whole lot but uh that there's been some some research that I've seen with with all that being in one chunk and some of that being broken up. So that meaning like naps, okay. But most of most of the the research shows that the the cumulative is is what we're really looking for, um, and that sometimes those naps are beneficial, especially if you if you get the right time frame in there for your body. Everybody has a little bit different cycle that they go through. We go up and down, up and down. Uh, and if you get the right cycle, you don't come out of the, the nap droggy and, and tired. Because I'm sure every one of us has taken a nap and then you wake up and you feel worse than when you took the nap, right? And nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. So, but anyways, mainly I'm wanting to talk about the sleeping at night, okay? One of the big things is setting up a, a night routine. This ingrains into your brain that we're getting ready for bed. Okay, just like you have a routine for your kids to help them to realize that they're going to bed. That's something that we've tried to set up with our kids. So they know, okay, well, we go upstairs, we go to the bathroom, we brush our teeth, we change the pajamas. Uh, little one gets in, in, into our diaper. We read something about from the Bible or something, a Bible story of some sort. Uh, and, then, um, and then we say, prayers as a family. We do a, a little sure love you thing that, uh, that my family did up was growing up. So it's just something I've never seen anybody else do, but it's a little thing that we do put our hands in together and we say, sure. Love you. Give everybody hugs and kisses. And so that kind of sets in their mind. Hey, this is bedtime. It's time for us to, to fall asleep time for, for <clears throat> me to lay down and, and rest. Okay. So that's one big reason for having a routine. Okay. But what should you have in this routine? right? What should be in this routine is not your phone 
or TV, okay, because they emit a blue light, which is what really keeps us awake. It keeps us from producing melatonin, okay? Melatonin's the sleep drug, all right? You, you can get it over the counter, but our body actually produces it naturally, okay? So you don't need it. Um, <clears throat> you shouldn't have to have it, right? If you can get your body on a good schedule. There's been a lot of studies done on uh, those that have alternating schedules. So nurses, firefighters, police officers, those, those type of people where they'll, they'll do several nights on days and then they'll flip to nights the next week or, or however the schedule falls or for firefighters, for example, they do 24 hour schedules oftentimes, uh, depending on where, where you're employed or where you work, but they've done studies on those and those flipping, flipping those schedules, that altering of that, that pattern is affects their overall quality of sleep. All right. So they may be, they may be in bed for that eight hours, like recommended, but if they, because they don't have that pattern, they're not getting as good, as good quality. They're not getting that deep sleep that really leaves them rejuvenated and refreshed in the morning or when they wake up, depending on what time of day, depending on what they're working. So throwing that routine off shows you that there's a big difference in the quality of sleep that you get, right? So it's important to have that routine. And so one of the big things that, like I said, that blue light uh, emits emitted by screens, computers, TVs, phones, they all emit it, even our light bulbs emit it. So I've heard as far as some, some real sleep experts recommending wearing um, blue light blocking sunglasses, I can't remember, that's not exactly what they're called, but they, they block out those lights from our eyes so that the the brain starts registering that it's getting dark and that it's not going to be affecting us. You know, it starts producing melatonin. Okay, and that you want to start doing that up to an hour to two hours before bedtime, so that really kicks in when you go to lay down. All right. And speaking of of laying down, one of the things that I've heard recommended is not laying in bed except for when you're trying to sleep. So if you're struggling to fall asleep or you wake up in the middle of the night and are having a hard time falling asleep, get out of bed. It's helpful because it trains your body saying, hey, when we're in bed, we sleep. When we're not in bed, we don't. Okay. Um, that's just a little thing that I've heard throughout. But uh, go back to the night routine. Okay. So that 30 to 60 minutes of not having blue light in front, if you want to wear the, with the blue light blockers, uh, glasses, you can wear those to block out the, the blue light and help that produ production of melatonin in the body. And then two other things that I've heard to help to include into the routine, all right, is meditation, reading, okay, something along those lines, or like a, and then actually a third thing I've heard is maybe like a light stretching, okay, or like a mobility routine, something along those lines. Those are three things that have been shown to kind of relax and remove the stress from the day, okay, so that the body can get back to its normal state and then start to calm down and be prepared to fall asleep, right? Because we all know when you're stressed, the brain is just cranking away, cranking away at new new thoughts, trying to think of this, trying to think of that, trying to solve issues, problems, right? especially during our times right now. So many of us are having to make changes, whether it's to our own business or make changes to figure out how to make things work financially because you've been furloughed or you had reduced hours, something along those lines, right? So there's lots of <clears throat> things that the brain is going to constantly try to figure out. 
but going through a meditation, okay, or reading a book or doing some light stretching gets you thinking away from that and gets you doing something calming or relaxing, all right? Uh, meditation, for those that aren't super familiar, it's really just taking a, taking some few minutes, as much as few as five minutes has been shown very beneficial for a number of reasons, uh, for, for your heart, for your brain, okay, for the stress, all right, relaxation. It's essentially finding a comfortable position, focusing on essentially nothing. Some people find it very helpful to focus on one thing, so like a mantra, right? Uh, you can pick something that is a positive factor or something that you want to achieve or you want to focus on. So for some people, it can be family or love, and you can kind of repeat family over in your head again and again. And that gives your brain something to focus on so that every time that you start noticing that you've drifted off away from that thought, you bring it back to your focus there. Um, and once you get really good at it, you can get clear thought, nothing. Uh, so there's lots of meditation stuff out there. There's a lot of research. A uh, good app you can get on your phone is called Headspace. All right. I know for healthcare providers, they're actually offering it for free during this stressful time for many of the nurses and AMDs that are dealing with the with the coronavirus and and whatnot. So they've been they've offered that for free to help with meditation, and they also have some sleeping um, stories and and relaxing music in that and whatnot uh, in the app as well. There's some other stuff too, some exercise stuff too, but. It's a really, really good app. I've used it a little bit uh, in. And it, it can be definitely helpful for for those that are looking to get into that meditation. Uh, there are probably other free apps out there. I'm just not real familiar. I'm very familiar with the Headspace app, though. All right. So we talked meditation, reading. Okay, reading is especially if you do it on a regular basis. Okay, we talk. About, we all know how important reading can be. They say that you know some of the top executives and uh, big business leaders and and uh, just not business leaders, just leaders in general, read a ton, right? They always talk about how many books they read. Okay, that's because they're constantly gaining new information from different people's perspectives, right? That's what you get from reading, okay? As little as 10 minutes a day can make a huge difference. If you think about you read 10 minutes a day for a full year, you read like 300, 3, sorry, 3,500 pages in a year. That's like 10, 300, 300 page books, okay? So you can get through a book a month almost essentially if you just were to sit down and read 10 pages every single day. So something as simple as that, something small and simple can make a huge change. Imagine if you were able to read 10 books this year, how much of an effect would that have on your life, right? So not only will that help you sleep because you're putting it into your routine, it's something calming because you're focused on what you are reading and you're not focused on the things that are, that are affecting you, right? It's a stress reliever again, remember? So something as simple as, as reading a book 10 minutes every day, can, can make up a big effect there, all right? And then stretches, a mobility routine, that third thing, all right? So going through just some simple movements, all right? I like to just start from head or neck down, okay? And I'll, I'll just kind of work. My favorites are, are cars or controlled articular rotations, which is essentially taking each joint through its maximum position, And going in each direction, right? So you go one direction, then you go the other direction. 
You want to take it as far as you possibly can in each direction, trying to control that position. I've talked about this a little bit in other, in other uh, instances, other videos. Um, and so it's pretty become pretty popular in, in helping that mobility and that re routine of getting those joints into these different ranges of motion because so often throughout the day, we spend so much time in these same positions all the time. This is why I do this video and this podcast regularly uh, standing because I sit often when I'm doing notes or when I'm working on, on stuff on the computer, right? And so it gives me an opportunity to be standing for, for an extended period of time that I don't get, especially during, during this craziness, right? Where we're finding ourselves sitting a lot more because we're not getting out and around as much as we used to because of the social distancing, right? So big things here is not using your phone and, or TV and whatnot right before bed. 30 minutes up to 60 minutes right before bedtime. If you want to go the extreme route, getting those uh, blue light blockers, uh, lenses there, okay? Uh, then having some kind of routine to train your body to say, hey, we're getting ready for bed, so it starts, it starts being prepared for that. And then in that routine, having something to relax you down, calm you down. Meditation, reading, doing some light stretches or mobility work, okay? There's three different options. You can do all three. It doesn't have to take, be a ton of time. You think you do meditation for five minutes, you read for 10 minutes, and you do light stretches for 10 minutes. You just, you just did 20, 25 minutes worth of, of time. So if you were to start getting ready for bed 30 minutes before you want to go to bed, there, for one, you've taken out that, that 30 minutes of time for a phone gives you five extra minutes to brush your teeth and, and whatever else you need to do to get ready for bed, change into pajamas, whatever. Um, so that can be that 30 minutes if you add all those three things in. So, and then the, the other, <clears throat> excuse me, the other big thing is just making sure you're getting that, that time, right? So seven to nine hours, everybody cannot figure out what, what their ideal range is. For me, I do well with seven uh, and I function pretty well with that. But the problem is, is when I don't get a very good night's sleep, I feel it. Like last night, I was looking at just a simple phone app on on that iPhones have for sleep app, and it was showing that I, I was going up and out, in and out of a deep sleep for whatever reason. I don't have any. There, my kids didn't bug me or whatnot. Um, not to my knowledge. My wife told me today that apparently they they cried out a couple times, but and so that might have been what woke me. But I didn't actually register it. Anyways, but, and I felt it this day. I felt tired, right? So I actually even took a little little nap this afternoon while my wife was teaching a class and the kids were playing uh, outside. <clears throat> but, uh, <clears throat> so that's sleep. Now we get into hydration, okay? Hydration, super simple concept, right? Drink more water, all right? And we're talking pure water, okay? The number here is we want half our body weight in ounces of water, right? So the simple, let's say we got a 200 pound individual, that individual needs to drink 100 ounces of water, okay? So I always recommend have one cup or mug or whatever you use, bottle, right? And figure out what that ounce, how many ounces it holds, and then just count how many times you drink it. I've got a 20 ounce one that I use, and so I need about, <clears throat> four or five of those, depending on whether I, I have a, an intense workout or not. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I'll get four or five of those in throughout a day, right? Simple way of getting more water in. 
recommendation that I give to a lot of people, especially those that want to lose weight, is drinking around 8 to 10 ounces, maybe even more, at each meal. Okay, so if you're drinking 8, 10 ounces, maybe up to 16 ounces in at a meal, guess what? You're not going to want to eat nearly as much because you're going to feel full. Okay, so that's going to decrease your caloric intake. All right, it's also going to help your body function properly. Okay, proper hydration, obviously it decreases your risk of dehydration, right? But that means it improves neural conduction, right? So any signals that your brain sending to the, to the muscles or that needs any kind of um, cellular activity that needs to happen, those all function better or properly when you are properly hydrated, right? So we are... 70% water, we should make sure that we retain that much water, okay? It also improves kidney function and whatnot, reducing kidney stones and other things, other health issues. But big thing for why it's going to improve your, your performance is because it's going to improve how you feel, right? Drinking enough water is going to improve that cellular activity, that neural conduction that I mentioned, okay? So that's going to allow you to your body to do what you ask it to do on the course or through your work day. All right. So drinking water does make a difference. The other recommendation that I have I give a lot of people for drinking water is if you start off your morning with a little bit of water. Okay. So eight ounces or something along those lines to start your morning. So I've heard people putting just a, a, a bottle of water next to their bed. They wake up, they drink a little bit of water. A buddy of mine tells me it's a pretty common practice out in Japan. And that they do that all, and well, I know Japan has the highest. Uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Life expectancy thing. Uh, life expectancy in the world. So they must be doing something right, right? Maybe it's that, maybe it's not, but that's one thing that we can we can do, and that's going to be another instance where we're drinking a decent amount of water, okay, to kind of jumpstart our system, to jumpstart our day. And then you're already getting into the amount of water that you need to drink throughout the day, right? I often share with people that drink a lot of sodas or coffee or whatever else, not saying that those things are uh, terrible for you, but we can have that conversation another day if we want. But uh, the big thing with those is you need water to break down carbonation and caffeine. So you're using water in order to, when you drink those things. And so we have to, replenish that so oftentimes they tell people if you drink a cup of coffee you've got to think about drinking two times that amount in water so that you can break it down and you can replenish what you used to break it down with right so think about that one okay if you're drinking soda carbonation uh drinks whatever or uh coffee and and that would also include alcohol all right i didn't mention that one earlier but so hydration big thing half your body weight in ounces Okay, that's the simplest recommendation. There's not really a pure recommendation for for water like there is for a lot of the other nutrition stuff that, that we'll talk about here, but um, <clears throat> that's the best, easiest recommendation that I've heard. And like I said, if you are exercising, so if you are sweating, you need to replenish more. So you need to think about drinking more. So in particular, when you are exercising, sipping some water between between sets and reps or every, every so so many minutes of your cardio or whatever it is that you're doing that day. All right. So the more you sweat, the more water you need to, to replenish in your body. So just remember that. Okay. Nutrition. 
super simple nutrition guidance here. I'm not a nutritionist, so if you need you want more guidance, more ideas, comment, uh, we can try to find somebody that can talk to us more about this. But the big thing with nutrition is eating more veggies, eating quality protein. All right, those are the two big things, and I'll get to a third thing here in a little bit, but I'll save that one for for just a minute. So eating more veggies, okay? We need several servings every single day. You guys have seen the uh, my plate charts, okay? That plate is significantly mostly veggies, all right? You have a portion of protein, portion of carbs, and then almost half, two-thirds, whatever, some along those lines is veggies. It's a large part of the plate that they've they've um, created from the government has created for for us. So remembering that eating more veggies is important. Okay, we all know it's important. It's just a matter of doing it. Okay. Finding something that you can that you enjoy. All right. There's lots of variety that you can do. I always tell people, you know, if you've tried veggies one way, maybe there's another way that you do like it. Okay. Um, for example, I don't like canned green beans, but if I go out and grow some in my garden and I go and pick them, they are amazing. Okay. So, um, or another option is I don't like kale salad, but if I take kale and I roast it with butternut squash or something along those lines, that is delicious. Okay. So there's different varieties. You can do a lot of different things with, with them, but try to find something that, that you, uh, that you enjoy. Okay, and the big thing with the veggies is eating a variety of colored veggies. Okay, we need dark greens. We need some of the orange veggies. All right, and get some <clears throat> some of the other 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 colors in there. Okay, usually get a lot of the brighter colors with fruits. But but I've heard eating the rainbow as as a great great example. Okay, we're not talking Skittles here, but eating a variety of of different colors because they have different properties to them that our body can use and that is beneficial to us, okay? Quality protein, all right? So usually the recommendation I give people is the better quality, if we're specifically talking meats here, uh, the better quality meats that you get, the more nutrition you get from them. What do I mean by that is your meat is only as good as what they eat, okay? If they are eating the same thing all, all day, every day that is processed or whatever, then they aren't getting a full as much nutrition and they won't provide as much nutrition to us, all right? So getting them as close to the wild state or the natural state of what they're used to living in is best, all right? So that's where why like cage-free, grass-fed beef, these things have become popular because they're as mimicking as close to what they would be if they were living naturally or in the wild, right? So that allows them to get the variety of nutrition that, they're, that they need to grow properly. And that is then going to make the beef or the meat that we get from those animals to be the best, all right? doesn't mean you have to eat meat to get your protein, to get quality protein. Everything pretty much has protein. It's just a matter of what has a high amounts of protein. 
And that's where people always lean towards the meats. But you can get your complete proteins through veggies and beans and rice. Okay, so particularly dark greens and rice or rice and beans. Okay, those are and, and then nuts as well get thrown in there. The combination of those four things will provide you with the essential amino acids that we're looking for. And that's what, what, what people always talk about when they go to meats because meat always has those essential amino acids in them. All, all of them do. Okay. But the rice, the dark green veggies, the beans or legumes and the nuts don't always have all of the essential amino acids. They have portions of them. And so when you combine them, then you get all the all the different amino acids that we're looking for. Okay, so when you're thinking the amount of protein that you're getting in, you can also calculate those into it. Okay, when when you combine rice and beans, you combine beans and dark greens, or rice and dark greens, and and then you combine those things and you complete a complete protein, or you make a complete protein. So that is what you're looking for when you're when you're talking veggies. And so that's one way you can get more more veggies in is by focusing on how can I get more protein into or from my veggies uh, in that aspect. Okay. One great way to get, I didn't mention this and I meant to mention it before is, is having a no meat day or meal, sorry, where you only have the veggies and you, and you try to make that complete protein. When I, when I talk about that complete protein, it doesn't have to be in the same meal. They've research has shown that it doesn't have to be in the same meal. Always before it always thought that you needed to have the rice and the beans together but you don't, okay? You can have them at different times. Your body will pull out the essential amino acids from each meal, and then they'll be able to combine it into a complete protein, all right? All right, so oftentimes the body breaks it down anyway, so it doesn't have, but it doesn't have to be in the same meal. I will, let me make that clear. So, but you trying to, to have more veggies, okay? Doesn't mean you have to be vegetarian, but trying a meal without, without a meat, because in our society, we eat a lot of meat, okay? Especially nowadays, I've been hearing all these stories about um, you know pig farmers and and cow and beef you know cattle and stuff like that and having the issues because slaughterhouses and and stuff uh, processing plants are are being closed down or reducing hours and so they're not be able to, to to process as much and which is what's causing prices to go up right so maybe it may be something financially to to consider there as well but Big things, two things from nutrition-wise is eating more veggies, okay? We don't ever get enough veggies, so just always add more veggies to your plate and then getting quality proteins, making sure you're getting something that is has has a good amount of nutrition and you confirm that because by how well they live their life before they end up the plate, right? So the last thing that little bonus here on the nutrition is having a period of fast. Okay, fast is a regular thing that you hear about through religious beliefs. Okay, whether it's once a month, once a year, or, or if you go go a strictest, you know, some of the uh, Muslims would like. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this Ramadan, uh, and where they do it for several days and weeks, if I'm not mistaken, where they don't they fast all all day and they only eat it uh, in the evening. All right, so. Anyways, fasting has is, is been a regular thing for for religions for years and years, thousands of years, okay? And 
And what it does is it causes our body to go into what, what we'll call preservation mode, right? Where it is going to use all the sources it can for energy to supply the energy that we need for the day, right? And so doing, having a period of fast, we've heard a lot about intermittent fasting here re recently. It's one of the better research diets, we'll call it. All right. It's really just a, a, an eating plan more so than, than necessarily a diet, but having a period and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go completely intermittent fasting to get the benefits of fasting, but it's really just teaching your body to be resourceful and using all the different sources, right? Our body, when it has a plentitude of glucose in it, it makes fat storage. It stores fat. All right. For our later date, when it has, it goes through a period of starvation or in this case, fasting. Right. So if we can have periods of where we fast, whether that's once a month or a little more regularly, intermittent fasting is oftentimes done every day for for extended period of times. And, and if that seems to fit your lifestyle and your your belief and what you think will help you, then that can be beneficial. But the main thing, like I said, is it's using those fat stores. OK, it also has been shown to highly improve your your mental capacity to, to focus when you're fasting because you are determined to get things done quicker so that you can get to food. Get right. All right. And the other thing is think about how you feel after Thanksgiving, you eat a bunch of food and you feel lethargic. You, you feel um, <clears throat> like you're, you want to take a nap, right? So food has that tendency on us to put us to sleep. Okay. Another concept is you could take that fast and you can do a workout with that fast. We're going to eat right after the workout. So you want to make sure that you're planned and prepared for that. So that you get that energy and you can rebuild any of the storage that you need from now after that workout but you can try that and i i've noticed more intense focus on on that workout so i don't have that okay i'm doing you know if i'm doing three sets of ten of some of an exercise i'm not like dilly dallying as i'm going through the exercises or between the sets or whatnot i'm usually okay rep it out Right, take my break, do my whatever is if it's a mobility thing that I do in between sets or or whatnot. I'm not gonna stare on my phone. I tend to get them through and get through it. And it's a very focused and very intense workout. And it's really it's really good for that. And it helps me to be that more focused there. Uh, and so it always brings me back to my my brother growing up and playing basketball. He'd always lace his shoes up really, really tight. And people would always ask him, like, why do you tie them so fast? He's like, the, the tighter I tie them, the faster I run, because then I can get them off sooner, right? Uh, and so that kind of makes me bring, makes me think about that. Like, the faster I can get out, get through this, and then I can get to what I want, which is food, right? And <clears throat> so those are, those are three low-hanging fruits that you can, you can make changes to, all right? I gave you a, a number of tips for each one. Start applying at least one or two of those tips in your day, and you'll start noticing a change in how you feel and how, you're, how, how you are thinking, okay, how you are sleeping, how you are moving and processing things, okay? So that is all from just taking care of the simple things that we do every single day. It's the simple, consistent things that lead to greatness. If we do those simple and, cons simple and small things consistently, that will take us steps towards greatness. And that's what we're always looking for. You hear all the great athletes 
and all the great leaders talk about making those simple steps. You know, they didn't get here just by doing one thing. It was always one thing after another, one thing after another. Rome wasn't built in one day, right? It was brick upon brick. Okay, so there's lots of little analogies on that, but really that's what it comes down to, making these small steps, okay, taking the tips that I've given you to improve your sleep, to be better hydrated, and to improve your nutrition so that you have everything that you need in order to be productive, efficient, and feel better. That's going to translate onto the course. That's going to translate into your work life. That's going to translate into your relationships. Uh, and, and into your family, and you will see benefits from this in, I think, all aspects of life. So hopefully you guys found this helpful. All right, let me know if you got any questions, all right, and have a great evening. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by upping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.